Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to season two of the Pop Anime Comics Lounge, where I have cosplayer Unique Sheik with me. So, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. I'm super excited. And you've been cosplaying for a few years. How did you first get onto the cosplay scene? I have been cosplaying for a few years, and really, I've always been into costuming and comic books and movies and fantasy and sci-fi and pretty much all things nerd. I've always loved it. And back in 09, 2009, I just decided to go to San Diego Comic-Con with some friends and I was looking at pictures getting ready to go and I realized oh my gosh these people are in costume and that's when I was really introduced into cosplay and I found that these people could really bring these amazing characters that I've always loved and they can bring them to life and it was an instant love connection between me and this amazing hobby. And so now you saw the hobby in 2009 when did you create your first cosplay? In 2009 actually it was really more of a closet cosplay. I had a couple different items and I kind of threw them together and it sort of resembled a character. It was a hot mess. It was horrible. But we all start somewhere and I was just able to throw these things together. Nobody knew who I was or what I was doing, but it was just really fun for me. And ever since then, I've just been trying to better myself and just create more and better costumes. And uh, you've done a lot of cosplays. So how do you go about choosing who you want to cosplay as? It usually starts with a show that I love or a comic book that I love. And I always try to pick characters that I either like or they remind me of myself or anything like that. I find that I need to identify with the character. Otherwise, there's no point in pouring so much effort into a costume. I usually pick a character that I love from a show or a comic book or an anime or anything that I'm really into. And now once you have the character you want to create, how do you go about developing? Do you use references? Do you use sketches? I wish I could use sketches. I cannot draw to save my life. It's really bad. It's a nightmare. So I'll scour the internet for references. I'll even look at other people's cosplays to see how they did it. I'll watch the episodes over and over again, pause them, get pictures, anything like that to really get a good sense of what the character looks like, what materials to use, stuff like that. And now speaking of materials, how do you go about obtaining materials, wigs, fabrics, props, as well as commissioned pieces. Wigs I usually get from Arda Wigs online. They're one of the best wig companies I've ever been able to work with just because they blend their colors. So they look a lot more natural and they aren't really shiny. They aren't anything like that. They're usually pretty natural as far as wigs go. And I always feel like they have a lot better quality. But I have purchased a few wigs off Amazon or anything like that if Arda doesn't have what I need in stock. As far as materials go, I have a Joann's by my house, so I usually hit up Joann's, and if what they have is too expensive or not really what I'm looking for, then once in a while, I will make a trip out to the LA Fashion District. So how do you deal with props? Props, I usually get commissioned, mostly because I don't really have any experience with it right now. I'm wanting to learn more how to make props and how to really get into that stuff, but I haven't yet. So I have a lot of talented friends. So I'll usually just work with these talented friends and they'll make these amazing props for me. And then you request a lot of commission pieces. How do you find commission pieces and people who do that type of work? Because I'm in the community so much, I follow a lot of amazing cosplayers and most of them have commission stores available so I'll shoot them a message and be like hey are you open to doing this like how much would it cost stuff like that especially if it's out of my skill set which you know a lot of stuff is I'm still learning and sewing machines terrify me a little bit I'm really fortunate to know such amazing cosplayers
And what are the challenges that you face when you go and get a peace commission? A lot of times the challenge is that it won't fit right or it won't be exactly what I was looking for or exactly what I wanted as far as colors or design. But I've been pretty fortunate through most of my commissions that they come very well made or exactly what I asked or they fit very well. Most of the people I work with know what they're doing or if they don't know what they're doing, then it's something that I can fix as far as a paint job or an ill-fitting jacket or something I can just tailor it a little bit and now cosplay can be very expensive how do you balance the cost of materials fabrics wigs honestly yeah it can be super super pricey I try to do things pretty inexpensively as far as using coupons for supplies and getting things cheap or using hand-me-down items that people no longer want no longer use and then just changing them a little bit to fit what I'm trying to do it's a pricey hobby no matter which way you put it and a lot of times I'll have to limit what I do or how many costumes I do a year so that I can pay the expensive prices to get the costumes that I want. And now as a cosplayer, what is your biggest challenge that you face in the creation process of cosplay? For me, it's learning a lot of how to make things. I didn't know how to sew and I still don't really know how to use a sewing machine. Like I said before, they terrify me and I'm a huge scaredy cat with that. But learning how to do these things is a huge challenge just because it's not something that I'm used to and it's a skill set that I don't think I personally have. So in learning these things and having friends teach me and just trying to hone my crafting skills to create these costumes... For me, that's pretty much the biggest challenge is learning how to do these things that come so naturally to some people. But for me, just absolutely do not. And now to talk about some of your cosplays. In particular, two from Mortal Kombat and Final Fantasy, Sonya Blade and Tifa. Oh my gosh, you saw those, huh? Those are like my beginning costumes. How did you go about creating these cosplays? How were they received? Tifa, I made it in 2010. It was the second cosplay I had ever made. And it's actually really funny because the vest I made, it was from the movie Advent Children. So Final Fantasy Advent Children, that was the exact Tifa costume. And I got a black leather jacket and I cut the sleeves off and sewed them down to make the vest and then the skirt was actually made out of black duct tape if you can believe it and it actually didn't translate as badly in pictures as I thought it would that was actually one of my very very first costumes in black duct tape and an altered leather jacket Sonya Blade was actually from Mortal Kombat 1 it was one of the very very beginning games and I really liked her in that I actually found the pieces I needed for her so I really didn't need to do much I found the shirt at like a random store and the pants I was able to order online and they came perfect. I already had the boots. Pretty much everything lined up for that one pretty easily. I even was able to find a pretty cheap wig to cut and style. That one was a really last minute costume. I had an open day for the convention I was going to and it was kind of sad because there were maybe two people who recognized that character and they were friends of mine but nobody really knew who I was. Most people nowadays going to conventions don't play the older Mulder Kombat games. They're playing the newer ones and so they really didn't recognize the costume but I still had fun and I still loved the character. And now to talk about some of the comic cosplays you've done from the Marvel Universe, including Spider-Man. How did that cosplay come about? That one was actually a Halloween costume. My buddy and I decided very last minute, like the night before the convention, we were like, hey, you know what? Let's drive up for the day. So 
I'd been at a Halloween store and I saw the suit and I was like, that's fun. I grew up reading my dad's Spider-Man comic, so I thought, perfect. So I just picked it up for fun and I didn't really have a costume that I had made or I had planned. So I was like, ah, I'll just wear this. And I had a super cute red wig, so I thought, perfect. It'll be like Mary Jane's stole Spidey suit and took it out for a spin. And that was actually really well received at the convention. I met some absolutely amazing people. I made some really good friends and really connected and became friends with a lot of incredible photographers who were willing to take the time to shoot with me. And that was actually one of the first conventions that I really got to know photographers and really got some amazing shots out of. And how does your relationship with photographers work? Pretty much any photographer that I've ever shot with, it's usually they'll ask me if I'm willing to shoot. And I always am because I'm so blessed that we have these amazing members of our community. And really, cosplayers would be nowhere without the photographers that work so hard taking pictures of everyone and editing them and doing this amazing work. And I've got a lot of photographers who are actually friends of mine, whether we shoot or not. And I'm always so excited to be able to go and see them at conventions and go give them a hug and see how they're doing in life. Even if we don't really keep that much contact outside of the community, it's always great to see them. And I'm always so thankful that they do this because cosplayers seriously would be nowhere without photographers. We'd be taking crappy cell phone pictures and our costumes would be nowhere. And now another Marvel cosplay you've done was Deadpool, which was borrowed from Canon Cosplay. She lent me that costume and I wore it for the day. I love the Deadpool character. He's always been one of my favorites. Lady Deadpool as well. I love reading her in the comic. That was a super fun and I plan on doing my own Deadpool someday and making it a lot more like the movie, having it be really detailed and really, really well done. And what are the challenges of wearing a borrowed cosplay from somebody? I don't really see any challenges. If I borrow a costume from somebody, I'm usually friends with them and there's usually more of a let's switch costumes for the day. I've got a lot of friends who've been borrowing my costumes. One of my friends borrowed my Yang from Ruby and I think it's great. I think it's amazing that they love the character as much as I do and want to wear the costume. So I don't really see it as being challenged. A lot of people have problems with it like oh you didn't make that you can't wear it but honestly cosplay is for everybody and you're playing around with costumes. Just have fun with it. There's no wrong way to do it. And another cosplay, which was Lady Sif. That is one of my absolute favorites. Lady Sif has always been one of my favorite comic book characters for multiples of reasons. But one, just because she's such a tough and incredible character. And my friends and I decided we wanted to do an Asgardian group. So at the point when we first planning it, we had like a good 10 members. We had almost every Asgardian member. And it was going to be amazing. And last minute, a lot of people couldn't make it. But I was fortunate enough, my friend Rainix made my armor. She does an incredible Lady of Odin. I was fortunate enough to know her and she was willing to make my armor for me. So the armor for that costume was all her and it turned out really well and I'm so thankful that I got to do that group with them. And then the final Marvel cosplay that I want to talk about is Rouge from the X-Men. She is one of my favorite Marvel characters. She has to be my favorite X-Men with the exception of Wolverine. For years I watched the X-Men Evolution TV show with my little siblings and it's something I've always loved and she's been such a great fun character and for years I actually had the fabric for her costume and I just never ended up putting it together. One, because it's an insane fabric to work with because it unravels and slips like crazy. So working with it is not fun. And two, just because I really didn't have the skills or the contacts to make it. And I was asked to be a guest at Comic-Con Palm Springs and I figured this is the perfect time to make this costume. So I talked to my husband's mom and my mother-in-law and she was able to help me sew it and we finished this costume and it turned out really, really well, I think. So I was able to wear it for a few other conventions as well and a few of my photographer friends I found out that they were huge X-Men Evolution nerds just like I was so we got some really cool stuff out of it and that one was one of my favorites and now Marvel is right now doing phenomenal with the movies the comics 
How does that affect you when you go cosplay as these characters? The only thing that really affects me is because they keep coming out with new characters or at least new costumes for characters. And that's always a problem for me because I want to do them all. And that's not feasible. Honestly, I'm so happy that these comic books and that Marvel as a company is getting bigger and bigger. And so now it's not only a little comic book fans. Like, no, everybody knows Marvel. Everybody loves Marvel. I haven't really met anyone who hasn't seen a Marvel movie. So I'm super happy for them. And I think it's incredible. And now you've got to the other side with DC Comics. You've done Catwoman, Wonder Woman, and Zatanna. How are these developed? The Wonder Woman I did, I borrowed it from a friend of mine. She goes by It's B Thorn on Instagram. And the Wonder Woman costume was actually made for her by another gal named Angie Viper or Viper Creation. And so I was fortunate enough to be friends with B and I didn't have a costume for this convention. Again, it was like a last minute that I was able to go. And I was talking to her and she was one who had borrowed my Yang costume and I was just like hey can I steal this she's like yeah of course so I stole it and was able to throw it on and actually fit which was incredible and I had so much fun being Wonder Woman I'm not a huge DC fan I love Marvel over DC so the few characters from DC that I do love I'm so thankful to have been able to bring them to life and Catwoman was actually borrowed from my friend Shanna or Shanna Banana she wanted me to be Catwoman because they were doing a Christmas Gotham Siren shoot and they didn't have a Catwoman last minute. So I grabbed a fun cat themed Santa hat and the bodysuit and gloves were actually hers. So that's how that one came to be was borrowed from her just for a quick shoot. Zatanna however was pieced together by me. Nothing really had to be made. I had the shirt. I had the bikini bottoms. I had the heels and the fishnet and the corset and the wig and everything. It was really more just put together but that one was super fun. I've got some amazing and magical photos out of it thanks to some of my friends. That one's definitely a favorite and I want to bring it back again. And now the three DC characters you've done tend to be on the sexy side in the comic world. Was that purposely or was it just the characters themselves? No, I wasn't purposely. I don't really try to do any sexy costumes because I'm a pretty modest person. I don't try to be overtly sexual in any of my costumes. But they were just characters I've always liked and whether the comics or not, they're pretty sexy. It wasn't, I want people to notice so I'm going to be sexy. It just happened to be characters that I loved and costumes that I loved was able to do. And now with all the cosplays you've done and these three in particular, how do you make sure that you're fitting con guidelines? I've never actually run into any problems with con guidelines. All my costumes are pretty modest, but most cons let anything walk through the doors. I've seen full body paint. I've seen just pasties walking around. The only problem I've ever had was with my Lady Sith because I had a real sword with me. It wasn't sharp or anything. It was decorative, but it was real metal and that's definitely not allowed at conventions. So I didn't go through weapons check, and most of the time I stayed outside the convention doing shoots. So that one was a little iffy. I didn't want to get in trouble, and I definitely could have gotten in trouble for that. But I tried to make a foam sword, and it just did not turn out looking all right. And I had a bunch of swords because my husband and I collect weapons. So I just decided to use one of those because it looked pretty close to what her sword actually looks like. That's the only time I've really run into con guidelines that wouldn't have matched up too well with what I was doing. And now to talk about anime. Starting with your version of Chibi Moon from Sailor Moon. That costume was actually based on art done by No Flutter. She is an incredible artist who does burlesque versions or almost steampunk versions as well of different characters. And I fell in love with her designs immediately. And Chibi Moon was one of those characters that was always super, super annoying. And you just kind of wanted to like smack. But it was such a challenge for me because I really admired her character in some ways. And pink really isn't my color. So it was a real challenge for me to do 
that character, but I loved it. And there was so much work put into that costume. A lot of the detailing was all hand-sewn. Every single piece of it was handmade. The shoes were hand-painted. There were insane details that went into that costume that you can't even see from pictures. And I honestly wish I had better pictures of this costume. It was a trip. And how was it received considering that it was a new style? It was actually received really well. No Slaughter is a very popular artist, and so a lot of people really knew her design, and it was actually really well received. I was a little bit surprised, but most people really seemed to love it, and I was super thankful that they did. And then following this cosplay, you did one from Fairy Tale, Ezra. She's one of my favorite characters from Fairy Tale, and I was doing a Fairy Tale group for Anime LA, so it was really fun to have been able to put that together. Her costume, the one that I did, I did her normal costume when she's not in any of her armor pieces. Someday I put plan to do one of her full armor builds when I get good with armor making but that one was super super fun it wasn't super recognized the costume for her it wasn't a super popular costume she wasn't in armor like she almost always is so it wasn't super recognized but I had a really fun group with me we all knew who we were and now to talk about one of my favorite animes Ruby Ruby has been one of my favorite animes since it first came out I had friends introduce me to it and from the first episode I was waiting by the computer screen every two seconds for them to upload the newest episode. Ruby is incredible. I know a lot of people really don't like it because of the animation, but I fell in love with it, animation or not. It got such great weaponry, which, like I said before, I'm obsessed with, and it's got such amazing characters, and even the costuming is great in the storylines, and it's one of my favorites. And I've cosplayed Yang, and I feel like that she and I are the same person. We're both super loud. We both like to punch our way out of situations. We both have little sisters. She's a character that I really identify with. It's been an honor cosplaying her. And as a cosplayer, what is that like for you to meet the challenge of a character who's so well refined? It was difficult. I wanted to do her justice because Monty poured his heart and his soul into the show, into these characters, and I loved her so much and I wanted to do her justice. I actually spent a lot of time researching this costume, and if you can believe it, I spent like four hours trying to find the perfect pair of boots because nobody gets the shoes right. And I spent hours, and then I had to actually take them apart and re-sew the leather because they weren't quite perfect. I wouldn't say that I did the character exact justice, but I sure tried just because I love the character and the show so much. And I had the gauntlets. I bought them online and they came a horrible mess. So I had friends help me and we redid them. I actually had real shotgun shells in my first pair of gauntlets. So that was, I think, super cool, especially because it fit the character a little better. And now Yang's character has changed. Do you need a hand? Boo! Yes, she has. When I was watching it, I actually screamed at the screen when it happened because I couldn't believe that that had actually happened but I didn't really see it going any other way the last season every character was being stretched to their limits and was being really built upon and Yang was one of those characters that she knows who she is she knows what she's about and she kind of knows where she's going in life she may not know exactly why but she knows who she is and I really didn't see a way that they could develop her character any farther she's already super strong and all this stuff and the only way that I could see that they could really do anything to develop her character was to do something that would break her essentially and with what happened with her arm she's all right now cutting off her arm and having Blake ditch out and it really gave her now an opportunity to grow as a character I think for the first half of season four she's just gonna be pouting and how is your Yang character received both with 
the two arms and without. It's received pretty well either way. I actually made two or three girls burst into tears when I did armless yang because I would wave at them with my one arm. I literally made two girls burst into tears. I felt kind of bad, but it was honestly one of my stronger moments. I just had my arm folded up inside the jacket. I was really fun. I waved at Jessica Negri as she was walking by and she full on like stopped and was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And she just like ran off screaming. So it was pretty well received. I went to the Ruby gathering and a lot of people were like, why would you do that? But it was definitely a lot of fun. And I loved getting to see the reactions from people who love the show just as much as I do. And now the final cosplay group that I want to talk about is Naruto. How did you first discover Naruto? I first discovered Naruto when I was a kid. My cousin had been trying to get me to watch it for a while. I hadn't really gotten into anime yet. And he called me up one day. It was a Saturday. And he was like, Naruto's playing. Turn on the TV. So I turned on the TV and they were, they were just having a whole marathon. And so I ended up watching the entire first season. And I was instantly hooked. I had a very love-hate relationship with the characters. So I was hooked from the first episode. It's one of those animes. Now looking back on it, if I had started it now or even later in life, I may not love it as much as I did then. Just because some of the characters are super annoying. And there are so many filler episodes. But that being said, I mean, it remains to this day one of my favorite animes. Just because... I watched it from when I was a kid and I love so many of the characters and even the ones I don't like for most of them I can still have a real respect for and it stayed one of my favorite animes for years. And now you've cosplayed three characters from Naruto. I did a gender bend of Naruto and Kakashi and then I did two versions of Hinata. One was last minute and it was more just crap I had in my closet that happened to kind of fit the character. I didn't want to do a full canon costume quite yet. I wanted to do my version version of what I thought she would look like having that strength that she has but is more reserved I wanted to really bring that out and do something a little different the second Hinata costume I did was Jonin Hinata so later in life she becomes a Jonin and everything and still having it be a little more girly a little different and I had one of my friends with me an amazing friend Kate and my other friend Feeny they did Ten Ten and Ina with me so that was super fun we got the whole little group together and now what drew you to Kakashi let's start there Kakashi has always been one of my favorite characters. I don't know why, but he always has been. Since the first couple episodes, I was like, that guy, that's my favorite. I love how he's always late and comes up with these little excuses. Oh, I got lost on the path of life. And just the way he deals with the kids and then really getting into the show and learning where he comes from and what he has to go through. And he's a character that I've always loved and always respected. And now Kakashi has a lot of props. He's got his Jonin vest. He's got his face mask. He's got a contact lens. So how'd you go about obtaining all that and balancing the costs of all that? The mask was made, I actually made it with some black fabric that I already owned. I commissioned the vest from a friend of mine, actually, Spring and Sunshine. She's an amazing costume maker, and I commissioned the vest from her. So I was really, really thankful that she made it, and it was perfect, and it fit perfectly, and I'm able to use it for other costumes. And the rest of his, I bought the contacts online, I bought the wig from Arda and styled it, and because I'm this much of a nerd, I already owned the gloves and the headbands, and and I bought the shoes from Amazon. The costume really pieced together. That costume was hilarious, though. So I had a mask on, and the wig covered a lot of my face as well. So I mean, you could only really see my eyes. And I would pose for pictures, and I found that in some of the pictures, I would smile or I would make a funny face. And it took me several pictures to realize they can't see my face. I'm just making faces, and
and nobody can see it because it's covered by a mask. And it took several pictures for me to realize you shouldn't be doing that. You don't have to make any faces at all because no one can see it. I actually have pictures in my phone, a couple selfies I made smiling with a friend and then later going, oh wait, look, it just looks like I'm squinting. And now with your gender bed Naruto, how did that idea come about? I actually had a friend send me this design. I think Deviant Art artist had posted and I never could find the original artist because I really wanted to credit him or her and I was never able to find it. He found it on some random thread and they never credited the artist. He sent it to me and I loved the design. I love Naruto. He's so annoying, but in the best of ways and my favorite color is orange. So the fact that this ninja can run around in a bright orange jumpsuit, I'm all about it. But I loved the design and I had a couple friends help me sew a few pieces together. But for the most part, I was able to piece it together with stuff I already own. I had the headband. I styled the wig. I found contacts that I've turned my eyes blue, which is a feat. Most of it just pieced together and friends sent it to me and it was really fun to get to do. That one wasn't very well known, but I didn't care because I loved the character and I loved getting to run around as a ninja. And then with Hinata, what really drew you to her? I love Hinata. I'm not a shy person, but she is very shy and she's very quiet. When the people that she loves are in danger, she really comes out of her shell. She becomes this incredibly strong person and she's able to do things that normally wouldn't have thought she was able to do all for the people that she loves. And for me, there's a lot of stuff that I'm not able to do or that I'm not good at or that I'm scared of, but I'm the same way as her. If someone I love is in danger, I'm right there immediately. And I really just connected with her because of that. So she was a character that as far as the female characters in Naruto go, she was one of my absolute all-time favorites just because of who she is and the character building that she went through in the entire show. Getting to cosplay her is definitely fun. I've got a few more Hinata-themed costumes that I'm planning and trying to finish. And now you've done two Hinata cosplays so far. Do you have a preference one over the other? They were both received really well and either way it was Hinata and people seemed to really love the character as much as I do. Joni and Hinata was a lot of fun just because it got to be a little more tough, a little less girly. It was Jonin, so it was more fighting. So I got to do some really fun videos with friends and really bring the character to be a little tougher. And now with your Hinata, as well as a lot of your other cosplays, you've been involved with a lot of photographers. What exactly happens to all those photos you take with them? They take the photos and usually they'll take them home after the convention and my photos along with hundreds of other cosplayers. They usually edit them and I have cosplay cards that my husband made for me. It has my contact information, my email and my social media and everything. So I usually try to give them one of those so that they can email me the photos or just post them and tag me in them and usually try to repost them and make sure I tag the photographer. Same with videos and everything like that. And with all the cosplays you've done, are you thinking ever to do prints or do you have prints currently available? I have a couple prints not that they're available I've done a couple giveaways with prints and at the last convention I was a guest at I had a couple of prints for sale at my booth I respect why people sell prints and I think it's great that they do but I always felt super super weird about selling pictures of myself like to me that is the weirdest thing if it's a giveaway and people truly want a picture of that character like Hinata which is definitely a fan favorite then I will absolutely get these prints for those people who really love it and really would love a print of it but I always feel super weird just selling pictures of myself so I respect that other people do it and I think that it is great if they can make a living off of it or even just make some money off of it I think it's amazing and good for them I don't know if it's something that I'll ever really get into and now you've been cosplaying for a few years now what advice do you have for people who want to get into cosplay honestly I tell them just find a character that you love find
on your show that you really identify with, piece things together. If you're like me and you're not good at sewing or not really good at crafting and you're still learning, feel free to take classes and learn how to sew or have someone teach you how to sew like I'm trying to do or just find things online that you can alter or change the color of and really piece these together. And honestly, for the most part, it is such an amazing community of nerds who all come together. There are some negative people out there, like anywhere. There are always going to be negative people and there are always going to be bad sides to it, but it's a pretty welcoming community. And whenever I meet new cosplayers, I always try to get to know them and introduce them to photographers and to other cosplayers and really get them involved with the community. So my advice for anybody new to this, just dive in and have fun with it. And that's what cosplay should be. Cosplay means costume play. You're dressing up as these characters and it's really all for fun. Like some people take it really seriously and try to create this competitive nature about it. But honestly, we're all nerds. We're all dressing up as as characters from comic books or TV shows or movies. And there's no need to be competitive unless you're in an actual competition. It all should be fun. It's playing around in costume. Don't get too intimidated. Just get out there and have fun with it. And then finally, before we go, do you have anything you'd like to promote? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, website? I have a Facebook and a Twitter, and I have a fan page that I try to update once in a while, but I really don't keep updated as well as I should. But my Instagram, I'm pretty on top of things there. I try to post at least once a day. If people have any questions, I try to get back to their messages or their comments if they have a question. But check out my Instagram, my Facebook, even my Twitter if you really want to. All of them is Unique Chic, spelled U-N-E-E-K. C-H-I-C. Hey, everybody. Thank you again for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. And as always, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio, and anywhere else where you listen to your podcasts. And while you wait for next week's episode, you can check us out at popanimecomics.com for articles relating to anime, comics, and pop culture, as well as give us a follow on Twitter at popanimecomics. And we currently have a Patreon up and running. Every dollar helps to keep this podcast ad-free, so definitely consider donating. Completely understand if you don't have money to donate, but you can write a review on iTunes. That lets the world know that we exist. We are out there. We're delivering you guys great content each and every week, as well as it helps us to move up in the ranks on iTunes so more people can find this great, wonderful podcast. Till next week, everybody, have a wonderful week.